0: It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here once again with my brother, Dusty. Dust, how's it going? I heard you just got back from a a little snow ski vacation with the family. Did you know that Arizona in the last uh, three days was 50% covered in snow? I had no idea. I did not hear that. (laughs) Yeah, like 50% of the entire state was covered in snow. It was actually got a really cold front came through and then tons of weather came through. So lots of rain, but lots and lots of snow. Super awesome. Wow, man. Great. So I would imagine it was snowing while you were up there doing the ski thing with the family. Yeah, so we went for 3 days and it, it ski or sorry, it snowed just before. Mm. So it, the next day was bluebird sunny um, beautiful day was when we started skiing. So we ski for 3 days and I'm so excited that they're finally getting fast enough to where I have to try to keep up with them. I could beat them, but I am I'm not waiting for them all the time and trying to teach them. Now they know what to do and now they're flying down the mountain. Nice, man. Are they on greens the whole way or do they do a few blue diamonds now and then? A couple a couple blues. But mostly green, but yeah, a couple blues and they're doing really, I'm super, even Faith, our little, she started skiing when she was three. Now she's six and yeah, she's flying down the hill. I have to tell her, slow down. You're going too fast. You can get hurt. Nice. So do you have like raccoon face where, uh, where your goggles were? You have their, you know, white skin and everything else is dark. Oh, yeah, that's the best part about skiing. Uh, you know, after, you could say, hey, yes, I went skiing. And then people say, hey, did you go skiing? I yep. see the gondola. Yes, <laughs> <Exactly>. I did. Oh, <laughs> man, um, you know, one of the things, like, you and I went skiing a lot with our parents growing up. And one of my favorite trips was one time we went to Salt Lake City with the family over there um, for Christmas and everything. And then I just remember, I can't remember the name of the mountain, Brighton, maybe it was. But it was just such an awesome not sunny, but super snowy, low visibility day, pretty cold, but it was still really fun. Just being, you know, skiing down the mountain in swirling snow everywhere. Oh, it's just, it, it's, it's fantastic, but at the same time, it's very cold, you know, and especially yeah. when he, he gets on you and gets wet, but we are definitely a skiing family. Like we got season passes. So we go for three days at a time. Cause it takes about three hours to drive there, drive there three hours, stay there for two nights, ski three days. It works out great. Nice, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yesterday, we uh, took the boys out of school and we went up to the snow. They have, as you know, a lot of snow parks up here by Shaver Lake and Huntington. We went to one of the snow parks and did some sledding down the hills. Oh, good. Yeah, that was fun. It was it was kind of raining. So we got heck of wet and we were cold. But it was nice getting into the car, um, cranking up the heater, changing into some dry clothes on the drive back home. Oh, it's a bummer. You guys got some rain. That's too bad. Yeah and, you know it was still fun though it was it was worth it it wasn't uh, none of us were disappointed by the by the weather for sure that's great i even did a snowball fight with my kids and Actually, hit my oldest daughter, Ellie, in the face with a snowball. I was like, sorry, babe, I wasn't aiming at your face. It just happened. (laughs) It does. It just happens, you know. But it builds character, I think, getting smacked in the face with a snowball. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Balls hit to the face are definitely character building. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) All righty. So let's get to the movie. What did you think of How to Train Your Dragon? Part three, The Hidden World. So I'm going to go ahead and get started in talking about... I would say it was enjoyable, but I won't watch it again. All the kids will watch it. Um, I went and watched it by myself. I'm going to watch it with them or I'm going to take them to the theaters um, and have them watch it. But it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it, but it definitely wasn't like the first one. First one was really um, just a new storyline, new take on everything. Really, really cool. You're figuring everything out. This one obviously is a continuation. This is the third part. I think this is almost like a trilogy trilogy this is the third and I think the last episode of uh or movie of how to train your dragon so um it was good I so I'm going to jump right into the rating um after you tell me what you thought so I would say I thought it was good but I'm not going to watch it again and it was enjoyable but for me I wouldn't say yes you should go watch it I'd say if you want to watch it it's good if not then you can pass Oh, I've got to disagree there. I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was just as good as the first two parts. Part one was really good. You get to meet all these new characters, really fun new worlds, seeing dragons interacting with people. Part two, you get really in depth with Hiccup and his family, and his relationship with his dad. You meet his mom, really exciting, got lots of good action. This one had some decent action, but I really like the story. I like the development of all the characters in this one. The animation was incredible. There was some amazingly beautiful scenes the animation has come so far from just a few years ago when part one part one was beautiful when we first saw it too but this one just took the cake when they go down into the hidden world all the stuff you know in the above world flying through the sky that island that they found with all those cool pools of water it was it was incredibly beautiful I like the story I like how all the characters seem to They've all grown in some way from every single character, from Hiccup to his mom, everybody. And I really like seeing the interaction with all of my, like how he's now the chief, but he doesn't feel like a chief. I give it an A for sure. Wow. Give it an A. That's. Wow. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, What? Are you giving it a C minus or something? Well, since I'm not going to. It's not going to be something that I'm going to watch again. I would probably give it a. um, It's probably going to have to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up even though I usually when I don't watch things over again, I usually give it a lower mark. I'm gonna give it a a C plus. Mm. Um, normally I would probably give it like a D plus, but because it was very it was enjoyable um, and I did i as you explained how you saw the characters develop, you saw like the visually it looked fantastic storyline was really good. I thought it was really – I thought it was good, but it's it didn't – I guess – I don't know why. Just maybe it wasn't in the mood to watch it, but it, it didn't really grab me like the first one was really good. second one was just – second was – I think I like this one better than the second one personally. Oh. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I did like how um, Toothless became the alpha. That was really, really cool. But in all, I think I like this one better than the second one. But, um, yeah, for me, as C+. Oh, I gotcha. See, I might feel a little bit uh, – well, I think I uh, – I'm – I'm a completionist at heart. I loved part one and part two of this. I have to recommend to everybody to see part three if you enjoyed the first two. If you didn't like either one or two, then yeah, why bother watching this one? But if you got any kind of enjoyment out of the first two, this is a must-see for me. It's a it's a really good completion of the story. They could always come back and tell more stories in this world, but I really think with the way it it ended and the feeling at the end, Everything felt like it came in a full circle. Now the dragons and humans are separated. I don't think they're going to create any more. So you've got to see this one as an yeah. ending to the story. I would definitely agree with that. I definitely agree that if you like the first one or two, absolutely you should see see the second one. I think it just came down to the rewatchable factor for me that, that lowered the yeah. bar. Um, I did like the new character, the new bad guy that hunted the, um, the Furies. I thought yeah. that was pretty pretty cool obviously he's a pretty pretty bad dude a pretty serious dude i I really liked his character oh he was great Grimmel was his name by played by f Murray Abraham and um he he was great he's the kind of bad guy you you do not want to mess with one of the lines um I can't remember Craig Ferguson's character Gobber said you know one of these days you're gonna pick a fight with somebody and you're oh, not yeah. gonna be able to win he is the guy he's he's kind of like uh just he just knows what he's doing he's super cunning and conniving he has these crazy strong dragons that breathe fire well they all breathe fire but spit acid and stuff i mean he has them in the palm of their palm of his hand and he's a bad guy to not mess with for sure yeah so in in seeing the very beginning when um, Hiccup called it a utopia with all those uh, dragons flying around, everybody's on top of each other, everything's all built up. I, I, um, who's the one-legged guy? Or not one-legged? The, the, the Gobber, Gobber. Yeah, he goes. Um, you, this may be your utopia, but this is not mine. I, I need less people, and less less dragons, less everything. But one, and I completely agree with that. So what he believes, Hiccup, you believes is a utopia. I'd be like, that looks like a nightmare. Like it does. a works, little nightmare. <laughs> And so people call call things utopias when they're, um, trying to make it seem more than it's not more than it is. Like some people might say, well, we need a socialist utopia. Well, that's, that's like an oxymoron. There's no two thick. You just bring those two words together to try to make it sound better. So anyways, when I I heard them say, this is a a dragon utopia, I'm like, that's, that sounds horrible to me. Now, one thing was missing that they should have done. I don't know how they should have done it, but with all those dragons, where is all the poop? You think of like pigeons; they, they poop wherever they go. I don't think a dragon just let me go find a bathroom. They, they're gonna find wherever they are as the bathroom. But so where where was all the poop? Did you see any poop anywhere with all those dragons? I didn't, but you you've got to assume they have um, uh, I don't know, they have dumped dump dumpster you know dragons pulling dumpsters along and constantly one dude's job or actually 20 dudes job is just just to clean up poop along the whole the whole uh town of burke you know or village of burke and obviously yeah the storyline not really story but visually and adding that into like how do we manage the poop it's not a vital thing to the uh Mm -hmm. just like you don't think you know where's the humans toilets you don't necessarily think that but when you find Things that are flying around and they're literally like you can't see past a dragon because there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. I just think of pigeons. If there are pigeons out, no matter where they are, there are poop. There is poop and that's what's going to be it. So that immediately hit my brain. And then what was funny is when you have everything built on top of each other like it was, how do you not expect things to get broken apart, torn down, knocked over, all that sort of stuff. As soon as that one big dragon started um, stomping around, I'm like, oh, there we go. Of course, it's bound to happen. Yep, it is bound. You you, you see that coming a mile away, dominoes toppling like that. Yeah, yeah. So what was your favorite part of the movie? My favorite part, so yeah. So my favorite scene of the movie was the, uh, I guess, courtship between toothless and the light fury, particularly the part where they're on that kind of sandy beach right there. Um, And he's trying to, you know, gain her attention, show show him what he's made of, you know. And then I really loved when he was drawing in the sand, how awesome the computer graphics the sand looked perfect it looked so real him drawing in it i just thought the beauty of the scene as well as what he was doing it was kind of a callback to when hiccup first met toothless and he was doing the same kind of stuff to become friends to gain a uh, toothless trust you know and toothless was doing that in this scene with the light fear i loved it that's interesting i didn't i didn't catch that correlation between the first um movie and this one that, yeah, that's how he um, started to hiccup um, toothless. He learned that from him and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your favorite scene? I think it was them flying into the dragon realm and seeing all you know the world and seeing all the colors and all that stuff going around. That was super, super cool. That was visually one of the best, but I think for me, one of the uh, favorite scenes of mine was when basically the very end when he had the action scene you have the um hiccup and the other guys get on their their wing suits and they fly down and, yes. and have a, a different way to get to them. Super awesome. Hiccup's very creative. Um getting down there. And that, that whole scene was super, super realistic and very cool. Um in in a sense like um it, it is plausible, you know, them being able to fly down plus it's on a really high um mountain or not mountain but like you know outcropping of of, of earth and the ocean. I thought that was really, really neat. But the other one that was I thought was also very cool. I'm actually throwing in a few different scenes that were really neat. I liked the opening where they're releasing the dragons. Yeah, that rescue mi- mission was great. Yeah, they missed the Bright Fury or the Light Fury, but you see Hiccup with a flaming sword and, and you see all of them like they're really, they've done this before. This is not their first rodeo, they could say. And, you know, they're l- releasing all of them and just, you know, taking charge of everything. I was like, man, they definitely come a long way, like you said. They have. Yes, for sure. As 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 a group, but as a um, as an effective warrior unit, they're not so good. You know, a lot of it was um, uh, America Frere's character. I can't think of her name right now. Why is Astrid is the name, right? And then Hiccup as well. Those two are the main ones, kicking and butt and everything. The other ones are kind of like stumbling over each other, which is still pretty fun to watch. And I did enjoy oh. that first scene as well. But you had mentioned going down into the hidden world, into the caverns. As soon as I saw that place, I had the same feeling that you did. Holy cow, this is beautiful. The colors are great, all that stuff. I loved it, seeing all those dragons, but I realized that there's no way they're gonna turn this into a home right? The humans aren't going to go from above ground to now underground. There's no wood down there. There's no place to grow crops. This cannot be a home. So I didn't, I didn't know that at the end they would split up and humans and dragons separate, but I did see that that was not going to work as a home. Yeah. I, um, I guess for me, when I was watching, I didn't even think that the humans would actually move there. So that didn't, cross my mind. That's a good thought. Like right when you see it, like it's just not going to work out, but that's what Hiccup wanted. He wanted a utopia where humans and, and dragons live together. But now he realizes that there are just bad people out there. No matter where you go, there are bad people that are going to want to take things from you. And that's what's going to happen. And so the best thing is to do just to really separate. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, you would have mentioned that first, uh, rescue scene and everything. And uh, I pulled my movie prop from that scene. Right, sometimes for these animated movies, the uh, the creative people behind it they actually they create actual props for the computer animators to look at to figure out. They they photo not Photoshop. They, they they take pictures of them and put them in the computer. You know to make renderings of them and stuff. I would really like to have if they made it. Um, Hiccup's dragon scale suit. That thing looked. Killer that would be awesome to have standing right now in my office with me. That did look super awesome, like it visually, even though it's computer generated, it looked really, really cool the way it was laid out. I mean, it looked really thorough, and I loved how mm-hmm. I can't remember the other dude's name, but his butt got on fire because he didn't, you know, fireproof his butt. Yes, yeah, that is a snot lout, I think. No, yes, yeah, not lout, snot lout. It's not loud. So my favorite thing that I would want is a sword, his flaming sword. That, that was super cool. I did like how the main bad guy just kind of shoved it away. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty cool. You know, everybody else is all intimidated and you see at the very beginning, they're all like, it's a demon or whatever. And they're running away from him. And it show it plays up the fact that Hiccup has grown, that people are afraid of him. And with the things that he's done, people are afraid of him. But as soon as the bad guy sees it, he's just like, just pushes it out of the way. I thought that was pretty good. I agree with you there. What did you think about Gerard Butler making a little bit of a, a cameo, a, a a return to the movie? Yeah, Gerard Depardieu was pretty good, and I love. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's got a good voice, and you could always tell wherever he's at. He just reminds you of Three Hundred, the movie. Yeah, um, for me, but uh, yeah, yeah, really cool. Um, obviously, he died in the last one, but you know he he came back to to really show his son what's what. He did. And I, I thought his little appearances were great. And um, I thought overall, the, the the story and the tone of the story, it was all about love uh, between family members, you know, and of course, Hiccup and Toothless. They're basically a family. All of the dragons are a family with all of the humans of Burke. Uh, the whole story revolved around love. And I really liked that message. And I also enjoyed how uh, we got to see glimpses of the past between Hiccup and his father that were pertinent to whatever situation was going on in the present. I thought it was a really good, smart way to bring Gerard Butler back into the story or stoic yeah. back. Stoic, yeah. And it's, it's just funny seeing the difference between the two. Stoic being literally 10 times the size of Hiccup um, in mm-hmm. like girth and all that sort of stuff. And then you see Hiccup as being completely scrawny, obviously taken more after his mother. Oh, 100%. He does, yeah. Now you know what's funny is we didn't do part two, but the "How to Create Your Dragon" part two, where he found his mom and everything, struck me a lot when I was watching Aquaman. So when I was watching Aquaman, it reminded me of oh, yes. finding his mother. Did you did you catch that or think of that at all? Absolutely. Yeah. After the fact, I thought about it, and we didn't discuss it during the Aquaman movie, but or podcast. But yes, it did strike me. It, they they kind of copied it. it well. I don't, I wouldn't say they copied it, but it really felt pretty much the same. Oh, it, it was the same thing. Like your mom's lost and you're never going to see her again, or she's dead or whatever it might, might be. And then she comes back, not saying that it's uh, horrible that they copied it or if they did copy it's a didn't copy it it's a similar storyline but it works out well you know where mom's gone and then mom comes back which is um a rather uh, fun reuniting story but yeah i just remembered that when we saw aquaman i was like oh that reminded me of how to train your dragon 2 oh definitely and now that you mentioned that something in this movie reminded me of uh thor ragnarok when uh, odin was telling thor uh you know asgard isn't a place it's a people and basically Hiccup said that exact same thing about Burke. Completely agree, and I literally thought he was going to say that. No, it's a, <laughs> I, I did, I did. I thought Hiccup's going to say, you know, we're a people, not a play. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like I literally thought those words were going to come out. He, his mouth. Well, yeah, exactly. He did say that, but not in those exact words, but the exact same message. You're right. Yep, uh, and it's it's a good it's a good point. I mean, anywhere you go, the culture is the is the people or is. is everything about the people is their culture and who they are not the physical location where they're standing yeah 100% agree with you there um uh, what is your monday morning quarterback for this episode uh, for this movie so my monday morning quarterback would be to um i don't know how you could have done it but basically they saw that this bad guy that wants to kill everybody kill all the um the dragons as well as um Toothless is be much more like you know he's going to be there. Obviously, you when Hiccup has what's his name kind of hiding underneath the blanket, acting like he's toothless, and he gets shot and is all incapacitated. But I would be much more um, ruthless in trying to either kill him or do something to where he's literally not going to bother you again. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would play out, like storyline. I'm not sure. I just thought that it was uh, pretty inept as soon as he had any. Well, he was he was in no danger whatsoever from beginning to end. Like He literally was in no danger, and the bad guy wasn't. And then he gets out scot-free, and everybody has to run away. So that was my um, money morning quarterback. Uh, the second part to that would be, um, and it, it goes into one of my um, uh, lessons that I learned, but I'll get, I won't get to the lesson. But I, I don't think they should have left their home to try to find a new place. Like Hiccup's plan is a horrible plan. Let's literally leave everything we have here and go find a new home because he's not going to stop. So I didn't think he should. I think they should have stayed and, and, and fought. Yeah, two things uh, about that. Uh, number one is I agree with you. That is my Monday morning quarterback. Picking up and leaving without knowing where you're going, all of your people, all of your dragons at the same time, that's a terrible idea. Instead, beef up your defenses. Try to defend against this guy, Grimmel, coming back. But send out scouting parties in different directions to try to find this hidden world. That's that's the first part of that one. And the second thing was that you reminded me, as you were saying in this movie, there's not a single death other than maybe Grimmel at the very end. And it occurred to me after the movie, wow, we're probably not going to see any more how to train your dragons. But what would be really cool is five years, 10 years down the line, they can remake part one, but they can make it as an R rated adventure, action, actual deaths, a lot of blood, dragons taking off people's heads. Um, they can make it as, you know, a real R-rated movie and redo the franchise and take it in a whole new direction. They definitely could, especially all the kids that watched it then. They Rated R in five years will be, or even 10 years, you know, 10 years from now, they could do that and they'll be older and be like, hey, I remember watching this. Oh, dude, they're, they're making it so that they're actually, dinosaurs are killing people. Yeah, let's go watch it. Yep. Yep, yep, that would be pretty cool. I'd be down at least for the first movie to watch it. Who knows, that might not be any good and you don't want to see, but my guess is, well, you know, there haven't been too many dragon movies that are really popular, you know that? Maybe it's not a popular medium outside of uh, animation. Well, back in the 90s, there was a good amount of dragon movies coming out. 90s and into 2000s. Yeah, but but were they popular, you know what I mean? Um successful, Uh, popular Matthew McConaughey in that one. I don't think it got any play. Well, the best part was when he... It shows in the trailer over and over again where he's jumping into the dragon's mouth, which is Can just you stupid. That? Why would you do that? It was just, anyways, well, I digress <laughs> on how stupid that movie was. But the dragon in general, the, the thoughts of the dragons and uh, medieval times and stuff in the, the 1990s and the 2000s, those were pretty big. Um, yeah, it just you're goes right. in, in waves and uh, it was, was it spits and farts or farts or whatever? Farts and burps. It goes farts and burps. And so now. Since Marvel came out ten years ago with superheroes, now now there's a couple things I see. One, superheroes are a big deal; like they're a big deal. Um, another one is dystopian universes. That's that's a really really big deal. You know, dystopian, so it's not like utopia; it's dystopia. Like everything's bad. Um, you got to figure out your way out. And I know so it's not are- a socialist utopia; it's a democratic dystopia. <laughs> yeah, it's a that's the next dystopia. series of movies that'll become big in the 2020s. Yeah, the communist dystopia. That's right. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And so that's the, and that's the reason why I I don't think there are many dragons going on because they see the tide of the. I guess, movie goer and what they want to see and what's making money. So they go after that. But as soon as another movie comes out, that changes like the thinking, it could be another, like a dragon movie. Let's just give an example. It could be a dragon movie that really just takes everybody's like, Oh man, this was so awesome. Um, and then it starts going that route. Like remember when the matrix came out, that was so groundbreaking. That I mean that we have to do that one. Eventually um, that one was yes. phenomenal. When it first came out, my mind was blown. And then movies since then came out that were not similar but like obviously it's a dystopian type of universe and but also technology and all that sort of stuff and so it's gonna take some time before something else is going to change the thinking of the movie producers and and creators because they say the culture wanted to have something else yeah absolutely I, I understand what you're saying there it just reminded me of something Adam Corolla recently said in a podcast um uh, Two movies came out roughly the same time, two volcano movies, Dante's Peak and whatever else the other volcano was, and it didn't spur a whole new series of volcano movies. I guess some things really hit and resonate with audiences and then movie companies want to create more of it, but that volcano and that that didn't take off. That did not. No, I mean, I remember them when those came out. Yeah, those they fell flat. They fell so flat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Um, so let's get to our lessons learned. My first lesson is I kind of already mentioned it. Um, I can't think of his name. Gobble. Yeah, that's right. Or, or yeah, yeah. Gobber said. Uh, to uh, a Hiccup right right at the beginning after they came back from the rescue mission. He said to them, one day you're going to pick a fight that you can't win. And the lesson there is um, not exactly quit when you're ahead, but don't go out looking for trouble. You know, defend yourself, be ready to protect yourself. But if you constantly go out, if you're Batman constantly looking to, to I don't know, clean up the streets and stuff, you're probably going to come across somebody who might have the upper hand on you eventually. That's a good point. And you... Uh, uh, before I get to my first point, because uh, I, I mine's the exact same. It's pick your battles. Mm. Um, when you were talking about Batman, I just had to bring up my favorite line in all of the Batman movies is when Bane says, "Oh, victory has defeated you." I was like, <laughs> "Wow, that was obviously the way he says it was rather fun." Yeah. <laughs> but but the thought that yeah, Batman just kicks butt everywhere he goes. But because he won, like, Victor, like, literally beating everybody has made him complacent, made him lazy and fat and whatever. And I think he was able to take him on. But, yeah, so that just it was a, a fun. I, I love that Bane's voice is I always love making fun of uh, or using his voice. Like, oh, I'm liberating this from my kid's candy chocolate bag. I mean, like, I'm liberating this chocolate and stuff like that. But, yep. um, yeah, so mine is the exact same thing as pick your battles. Right. You need to pick your battles of when and, and where. I mean, it, it could be even just like if you're arguing with your spouse. Like, is this really something to argue about? Or are there more important things to argue about? Like, who left the toilet seat up? Like, oh, whatever. Okay, I'm sorry, babe. I'll, t- I'll, I'll put it down. Like <laughs> Pick your battles. And that's something like, um it's very simple. But when you're thinking of big time, like you're actually in battles or you're fighting, and you're, is it life or death? Um, Yeah, you want to pick them and pick them well, not just jump into any one absolutely i love that uh, that's a good point uh, a further point on on that lesson right there i love it um my second lesson is don't put all your eggs in one basket and as soon as i saw all those dragons there it was pretty obvious and the bad guys had talked about it in their little pow wow also but all the dragons were in one place it's a perfect target you're making it easy for them to attack you you're giving them a reason to attack you you know when you're burke like that with a million dragons around you well, not just just because it's Burke, but they're going out and hurting or harming other people, taking away their livelihood or whatever it might be, like taking dragons away. Obviously, we they're kind of um, considering it like slavery. Like you're, oh, you're you're putting your dragons as slaves, which you could believe that or not. But they were going out and making enemies and then bringing them back, and that makes it even more. You know, absolutely, you're worse. right about that. Yeah. So my, and I I agree with you. So on the second point for me, the second lesson I I got is never underestimate your opponent. And we talked about that last episode too. Exactly. Exactly. So whenever you underestimate your opponent, you don't prepare as hard or you don't feel like this is, this is do or die. And it's because the, the will to live is so much greater than the will to die like if you have you're fighting against somebody who's okay with dying or they they want to die because it makes them feel like they'll be in heaven or whatever might be that's not as powerful as somebody saying i want to live so if you're gonna fight to live just like you know if you back a uh I don't know, like a possum or a, a something in a corner, like they're going to they're going to fight tooth and nail. Like they're, they they would literally kill themselves ki- killing you. Um and so yeah, you never underestimate your opponent. You always look at it as if this is my last opponent and if I don't win it's going to be my last. Absolutely. You know, that's a that's a timeless lesson. All right. So this last lesson I learned it a long time ago, but in the movie that we in this movie right here, when they're talking about Grimmel, right? The the main bad guy, Eret, who is the guy with the tattoo on his chin that they met in the second part, you remember him? Yep. He told Hiccup how dangerous Grimmel is. It was it and I realized this as soon as I watched it. He said, Don't underestimate him. He's terrible. And then he he turns his back and walks away. You know. That hiccup is gonna underestimate him, right? No like no matter what. Your words mm-hmm. that you just now said to Hiccup aren't getting through. He's not gonna understand, he's not gonna treat this guy like the danger that he is. So Eric made the made the mistake of letting his boss make a mistake. So that's the lesson. Never let your boss make a mistake. If you know something is wrong and your boss at work your dad your mom whatever they want to proceed with whatever they're whatever they're doing and you let them do it you made a mistake by letting them make a mistake that's a fantastic point yeah good job dude i like that one a lot um he he absolutely did because you could still you know he said it a couple times but he just gave up and said okay (laughs) he just gave up yeah just walked away Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so my last point is if you run from your pop, pa- <laughs> let me say that one more time. Cause I just fumbled my words. If you run from your problems, they will catch up to you. Love and it. So when, yeah, when you keep running away from your problems without dealing with them, without figuring a way to, to get out of that problem, it will eventually catch up to you. You may think you're away from it for a little while, but eventually it'll get you. 100%. You're right about that. Um, and, uh, And yeah, you're right. And that goes along with your very, was it your second lesson, I think, where, you know, or was it your money, money quarterback where they they should have gone after and attacked or figure out how to deal with Grimmel so that he cannot come back and, uh, you know, do the thing that he intended to do. Well, on top of that, yes, absolutely. With that, the Burke should have had defenses. Like it's, it's, it didn't seem like a very fortified city. And, you know, it's, anybody could just walk right up and walk in. Um, It didn't have any defenses at all. Obviously, you have dragons that can hopefully do a lot of damage, but if dragons are being captured left and right and put in cages, then they're not that great. So you need to have other defenses, other ways to protect yourself. And so Burke definitely should have had defenses and they should have been able to defend themselves at any cost. 100%. Yep. They should have at a minimum just beef up their defenses because, well, maybe they kind of felt, and this is probably something uh, along the lines of underestimating your opponent, but maybe they felt with all these dragons who can attack us, you know, we're we're fine. All these guys can breathe water or breathe water, uh, breathe fire. They could take out any ship that comes our way, you know, so maybe they were a little bit um, uh, just underestimating the world. Yeah, I think that that's definitely what they did. And it's it's a bummer because they had such a nice pla or nice place, but like um it's really well built up. They did a really good job. But at the same time, hey, when you're Vikings, you go and plunder and take from people, they're gonna want to eventually come back and take from you. Ah, uh, 100%. Um, so, just a few cool things from the movie that I um, I really liked when Snot Loud said, Who died and made you chief? <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody, they gave him basically a boo, you know. Oh, exactly. How could you say that? It was such a good line. <laughs> yep. And um, TJ Miller was the original voice of Toughnut, um, the male half of the two twins and he wasn't in this one and i could tell listening to it that it wasn't tj but they got a guy that sounded a bit like tj miller and i was kind of bummed out that it wasn't tj because i love seeing him in all the different cameos that he does in movies and stuff yeah he's really fun Mm -hmm. but i wonder it's always just interesting when they do change characters or or the the actors that are playing him i his voice did sound very similar Mm -hmm. but you can there was something a little off Yep, 100%. You knew that they uh, they they tried to find a guy to to sound like him and and at the end I was particularly looking through the credits at the end trying to see if that was TJ Miller and nope, it was some guy named uh Justin Ruppel. Justin Ruppel, huh? Interesting. Yeah, never heard of him, but whatever. But uh, yeah, I do like Jay Barchel Baruchel? Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. I, Baruchel. I like mm-hmm. him. He did really well. And I did like how majority of the other um uh, characters were the same actors. Oh, so yeah? I did I did like that. Mhm mhm. For sure. I always like Christopher Mintz-Plasse Fish Legs, you know the big overweight guy carrying the baby dragon with him everywhere? Yes. I like I like his voice. He's he's a good one. And I think everyone did a great job. And F Murray Abraham, I didn't recognize his voice at all, but he killed it as Grimmel. Such a menacing not only his look with the white hair and the scowl, the big, the really long face, like tough or like rough nut says about him, you know, my yeah. face is longer, your face is longer. Um, and that whole scene was fun with her annoying the heck out of him. <laughs> that was really, really good. But when he comes back, so did you make sure nobody's following you? And she goes, I never look back. <laughs> like, oh man, there we go. But yeah, F. Murray Abraham did a fantastic job. I mean, if you look at his picture, he looks not, I don't want to say. I think he doesn't look very much like his um, the the character, but um, the voice fit really really well. The character was great. I really liked him as a, a lot as a character. Yeah, man, awesome. Um, uh, some of the things like I really liked a lot of the um, themes of this movie. I guess you know a lot of it was about love and loss. Of course, um, there a big component of the whole movie was just friendship. You know, between not only like hiccup and Astrid, of course, but Hiccup and Toothless and all the dragons friendship with the humans and stuff. That was great. There was a little bit of like um, self-doubt and confidence as a theme. You know, Hiccup doubting himself and all of a sudden at the end with Astrid's help realizing that, hey, I can do this without my dragon. And then, oh, one thing I really like. So a lot of movies in the second act ends with a downer, right? And it takes time for the heroes to regroup and to figure out what they're going to do and then save the day. You know what I mean? This movie, Grimmel comes in, kidnaps Toothless and the Light Fury. 30 seconds later, maybe two minutes, but 30 seconds later, they figure out, here's what we're going to do. Bam, they snap into action to save the day. We didn't have like a long, drawn-out lull in the story right there. It absolutely, the whole movie did not drag on at all. Mm -hmm. And the only part that you possibly could kind of feel like it drags on, and I did just a tad bit, but I did see you got to develop the relationship between the light fury and toothless, mm-hmm. but it was that whole like love building section, but they did a decent job because it didn't drag on. And even though like, it's not two humans, I mean, it's, it's two like animals, uh, fictional, animal or fictional or, you know, mythical animals, um, being a light fury and the bright Fury or a uh, knife fury. And so they did a good job throwing the, st- or putting the storyline through a good, um, help you to understand, but didn't make it drag too far or too long. I agree with you there and the last thing I want to say about the movie is I think the filmmakers they took um, uh, what's that old saying you know always go out on top or go out leaving them wanting more I thought this was a perfect conclusion to a trilogy. They didn't overdo it. They didn't overwelcome their stay. They didn't bore the audiences. I don't think so, at least if you look at the critics' scores and the audience score, 91 and 89 in Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, this is definitely a crowd-pleasing movie, and I think it's a perfect way to end the series, and I don't want them to come back with a fourth one, because it's great to go out on top like this. Yes, I definitely agree. And the way that the uh, Hiccup did the voiceover at the very end, explaining all that, And how they're separate now was really, really good. So, yeah, I think if they they stop here, they're definitely making people feel like, you know, like Seinfeld. When Seinfeld went off the air, you're like, what? What? I want to know more. But then, nope, they're done. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about regarding the movie? I just want to know where all the poop was. I know. (laughs) I know. I mean, maybe they trained them to fly out one mile out to ocean and drop it out there. Maybe they did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe there's a little island one mile off, and they say this is your poop island. They put a little <laughs> bit of a a dragon litter out there, you know, and yeah. uh, said, "Hey, this is where you guys go." Nice. Actually, they have to be more than one mile because with the ocean currents and stuff, oh, that stuff smelling. is going to float in, and your um your bay or your whatever they you know the waters around Burke is going to be full of poop. Yep. If they're not careful, maybe they can use it. Maybe dragon poop is good word burning fuel. Or fire fuel. Just like guano bowls. They can make bowls out of it. That's right. You know, like Ace Ventura Two, where he is all guano bowls. Collect the whole set. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guano is the um, bat poop, and they make things out of it. Yeah, well, it makes sense they were using the dragon scales, right? I mean, he used it for like a fire retardant or fire protective coating and stuff on his um, replacement wing as well as his own uniform. Uh, I think I think it's a great use of dragon poop. <laughs> guano bowls. <laughs> yep. Cool beans. Uh, so that's it, huh? That's it for me. Cool. So this movie was uh, whose choice was I think it was my choice. So next week, Dust, you and I talked about it off the air. Um, I need a little bit of time to take care of some stuff, some personal things outside of the podcast. So what I wanted to do was for the next few episodes, we're going to do some repeat episodes, some old ones that were uh, we're just going to replay them for the audience. Maybe they didn't hear them, some older stuff. So seeing as how you're I'm probably going to choose Captain Marvel as the next Live movie that we do. What should we replay for the audiences next week? Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Since this is going in line with um, all the other Marvel movies, I think the, if we do the Avengers: Infinity War, I think that would fit really, really well. Now we could do that right before the next Avenger comes out, but I, I really wanted to, and I'm going to watch. My kids really want to watch it to watch Avengers: Infinity War because we know that's obviously going to lead right into knowing who and what and where with Captain Marvel. I love it. That's a really good idea. So next week for the audience, Avengers Infinity War. It will be a repeat episode. Following that, we will do a brand new one for Captain Marvel. So stay tuned for that. And uh, once again, of course, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And now that you know how we feel about how to train your dragon in the hidden world, we want to hear your thoughts. So please go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 37 to leave a comment right there Alrighty then my name is sky and this is dusty and next week we will return with avengers infinity war